0: The Google Podcast app is going away in April. Right now, I want you to take a look at the podcast app you're using right now. Maybe it's time for a new one. Check out podcastapps.com and try a new one for free right now. That's podcastapps.com.
1: Hi friends, it's Carrie Dahl. Thank you so much for venturing into the inner circle with me. If you subscribe to my podcast and have been listening for a while, thank you. I appreciate you. If you're new, welcome to my circle, where the power of story is honored and I believe all voices need and deserve to be heard. As a former news anchor turned podcast host and public speaking coach, I know that stories are the most powerful way we connect Act as human beings. I feel privileged so many of you trust me with your stories, whether in my private inner circle Facebook group or right here on my podcast, your story is your gift. Thank you for allowing me to share it with the world. Friends, it's been almost two years since COVID moved into our lives and changed, well, almost everything. So many parts of our normal were impacted. For my family, having the kids going to school online and being at home and also having Stephen work from home were amongst some of the biggest changes. There was one more that had a huge impact on me. And honestly, it still upsets me when I think about it. It was the closing of gyms and fitness centers. I mean, those of you who listen to the inner circle regularly know that exercise and fitness is my religion. I've said it many times that it balances me hormonally and beyond that, it's just so damn important. I mean, we only get one body and when it breaks down, that's often when we realize how important it is to us. Our health is our wealth. And that's why I'm so passionate about my workouts. My husband and I do workout together. I do Pilates three days a week, but he usually substitutes one of those days with heavy lifting with our personal trainer, Craig Murdoch, which we also see two days a week. And then sometimes here and there we would fit in Orange Theory. I need these classes because I don't do well on my own. I waste time. I never push hard enough, and I just don't get the workout on my own like I get with my trainers. It was some 25 years ago that I started working out with a trainer, and it was the best investment I ever made in myself. It may not be for you, but it definitely changed my life. So I wanted to preface our conversation with that today, because when COVID hit and all the gyms were shut down, I was beside myself. I was so upset that governments could not find a way to navigate keeping fitness establishments open and operating because they, after all, workouts boost our immune system and they are key to keeping people healthy. I mean, Stephen and I, we walked a lot, but walking alone just isn't enough. And Honestly, it didn't make any sense to me. Okay, I get it. People sweat and they spit when they're breathing heavy and when they're working out. But come on, there had to be a better way than to shut gyms down completely. And you know what? They didn't even offer any other options at the beginning. You know, there's a reason that a lot of people joke about the COVID-15 because so many people say they packed on that extra weight because their regular fitness regimes were taken away. Now add in the fact that they didn't get closed down once, it was multiple times, open, closed, restrictions, closed, masks. I mean, honestly, shouldn't fitness during a pandemic have been seen as an essential service to keep us healthy and, well, ward off the damn virus? I was frustrated, can you tell? But there I was, watching from the sidelines, as so many of my friends and their brilliant fitness establishments literally took a beating. If I was angry, I knew they must have been feeling an unbelievable array of emotions as their businesses were literally being cut off at the knees. Well, today... I want to talk about this journey with two amazing women who own a gym. They lived it, and they were one of the first in Edmonton and area to hop on Instagram and social media and start offering free virtual classes to keep people like me moving and balanced and connected. And wow, did they do a great job of it. But the journey was just so damn hard for them, like it was for countless other gym owners. And honestly, it still is. So today, we're going to talk about it and the road forward. Joining me is Joanna Kissick. She has been teaching Pilates for over 10 years, and she's also my instructor, and I love her dearly. She is co-owner of their fitness studio, Raise the Bar, for the past three years. She is Fit Pro certified and a fully certified Stott Pilates instructor. She's definitely living her passion, and she says that being a trainer allows her to build relationships with people who are looking to be the best version of themselves. Walking this entrepreneurial journey with Joanna is her business partner and co-owner of the gym, Carabelle. Bell. Cara has been a personal trainer for nine years and owned and operated Raise the Bar with Joanna for three years. She, too, is CanFit Pro certified and a holistic nutritionist through the Canadian School Of natural nutrition. She says that when people often ask her what she does, she says, I build community and then I do fitness on the side. Both women are active in a variety of different areas. They have also navigated this whole COVID journey in very different ways. And we're going to dig into that from the shock to the stress, to the mental health journey that resulted to where they are today. I'm so excited to welcome Joanna my Pilates teacher, and Kara, her entrepreneurial partner, to the inner circle today. Ladies, I've been wanting to have this conversation for so long. Oh,
2: we're so excited
1: to be here. Thank you for
2: having us. And to share our journey and our story. Like you just hit the nail on the head there. Did I? I noticed you nodding a
3: lot when I- I really was. Yeah. Yeah. I got teary-eyed because- Did you? Yeah. I mean, Joanne and I relived this podcast or this journey in our podcast a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and hearing it from another perspective mm-hmm. other than our own was really empowering mm-hmm. because you're a participant. You you and your health is different than ours as business owners, mm-hmm. uh, personal trainers. So it was really Powerful to hear you say that you were struggling as well and something was taken away from you Mm -hmm. because we only know our side of it. That's right.
1: Yeah. That's right. Does it seem like when you reflect on a lifetime ago
2: or does it just seem like at constant battle? Where are you at in your mind with it? It's weird because it's almost this weird combination of both. Yeah. Like it does feel like a lifetime ago, like when it started. I mean, it was two years ago, which is a long time, but it almost feels like we've been here forever. Yeah. And I feel like only now in the last few months have we started to feel a little bit more normalcy within our four walls. We got to open back up in June, but people didn't flock back in like we thought they would. It wasn't normal. Yeah, like they, I think, part of it was it was beautiful. They wanted to be outside, yeah. which is great. We love that people were outdoors and doing things with their families, but we had hoped it would be a little bit busier than it was. So then we're like, okay, well, September, like September, mm-hmm. people get back to routine. yeah. And it was still really slow. And what we were finding is people would sign up, but they would cancel. Yeah. And we reached out to a few of our members to say like, hey, what's going on? And a lot of them still were just like, I just don't have it in me. I'm still, I'm tired and I'm struggling mentally. Okay, I'm going to hit the pause button on that because we've jumped in with both feet. I want to I wanna
1: back the bus up because I want to go back to like day one when the whole pandemic began. But even before that, I want to, go into your own love affair with fitness. And and Joanna, I want to start with you. Like, Where does your passion come
2: from and where was that seed planted, first of all, for fitness? Okay, mine's weird because I was always an athlete and when I was in high school, people often asked me what I wanted to do. And I did say fitness. I wanted to do something in fitness. And then I graduated and there was a little bit of pressure from my family, mostly my dad. Fitness didn't seem like a viable career. So he wanted me to go into accounting for some reason. I'm not sure why. (laughs) Very, very opposite. So I did go to school and I got an accounting degree and I actually did enjoy the courses. But then I started working in an accounting office and I was like, This is terrible. This is not me. I was cut off from people because you basically work in your four walls and I I gained a ton of weight and just wasn't feeling like myself. So I started taking Pilates classes in Peace River at the time. That was where I lived. And it was a friend of mine who opened the studio. And I just caught on so well. And she's like, you know, I feel like you would be an amazing instructor. So I started doing my certification. And in Alberta, the certification is only done in Calgary. So that's where the master instructors are. Okay. They sometimes will do location on location training. So I was lucky I got to do my reformer in Edmonton, but all the rest of my certification was done in Calgary. So it took me a couple years mm-hmm. back and forth driving, still living in Peace River to get my certification. And I just fell in love with it. And I eventually got rid of, I kept the accounting while I was doing my certification to kind of pay for it. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I could, I was done with it. But I will say, I feel like it all worked out because I use that a lot in our business. Yes. So I do a lot of our books. I do. Really? Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh, it did. Yeah. Like that. Funny how that all worked out. Yeah. So it's
2: super valuable and I don't regret it. Now looking at the path, it all sort of makes sense. But yeah, it was kind of a weird transition to get there. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Okay. What about you? Uh, Well, I grew up in small town Sylvan Lake. So I feel like that's where Joanne and I kind of have our little. I don't know, understanding for each other, because we mm-hmm. came from just small beginnings. Right. I was as did I. I okay. know, oh, Fairview. Look at
0: that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was always an athlete, always competitive. If you wanted to play sports, you had to play with the boys. So I think I got this competitive drive just kind of drilled into me from day one. Uh-huh. Um, moved up to Sherwood Park, um, went through my schooling here, thought I wanted to be a social worker because I knew I wanted to help people. And same as Joanna, it's like fitness can't be a career. It's not a viable option. And I don't know where that comes from. Maybe it's because our, our lenses like professional athletes are, are the only kind of Avenue for fitness. I'm not sure, but, I uh, I started into social work and realized really quickly that that was not for me. Mm-hmm. I'm very empathetic and I think that is a pro and a con, but I don't think I would have been able to not take my work home with me. I still struggle with that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it does it does better in fitness and so I started working at as at a gym and Lo and behold, fitness was where I wanted to go next and Joanna worked there. Mm -hmm. So uh, we kind of crossed paths and here we are. So that's what I
0: was
1: going at. go ahead, Joanna.
2: I was going to say, and that was a while ago. That
1: was
3: 10 plus years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So 10 years ago, you crossed paths and there was a connection. Yeah. Well, over dogs first, probably more than fitness. (laughs) (laughs) We both adopted rescue dogs, so we we got the dogs together, and we just kind of started talking about our dreams of fitness and what that looked like, because we both worked for other people. Mm-hmm. Joanna, at that point, had moved home and was working for herself. Yeah. I was still employed by another person, but we knew that that wasn't the end goal for us. Mm-hmm. We knew that we had bigger and better things in store for our future. But then we kind of drifted, which is kind of neat, because we drifted apart. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. And then I don't know how much longer later it was, but Kara contacted me and she was working at a gym in Sherwood Park and she they did spin. And she was like, I feel like you should come on and do a spin and Pilates kind of combo class. Yeah. And I was like, that's a great idea. I would love to do that. So we reconnected at this second gym that we worked at yep. and that would have been seven years ago, probably seven ish. Yeah. That yeah. So we worked there. We ended up moving to a new space with another gym owner. And then that was in, in that time, we weren't very happy with that partner. We just didn't jive like Kara and I jive really well. Like partnerships can be very difficult, but we just, we complement each other really well. But this other partner, we just weren't jiving and we took a random trip to Arizona and we weren't super close at the no. time. Like we were close, but not
3: trip close. I feel like hindsight, I look at that trip as like the TSN turning point in our relationship. <laughs> yeah. Like we were put in some situations where it like tested us our friendship, tested us personally. Yeah. And we just like knew that this was like oh yeah, we meant had to
2: be an amazing time. Like we yeah. connected and we were sitting in a hot tub and we started talking about opening a gym together. Yeah. And, and that was kind of when RTB started. Yeah. Were you scared?
3: I I don't think we were. No, I feel like my fear has come once, once we put the plan in motion, there was fear, but dreaming felt super exciting. I don't know. I just, i I truly believe everything happens for a reason. And you and I were destined to do this. Yeah, I agree. And do you think it was because we were already kind of running the other business
2: together? Maybe. So we've already, we were doing it. It just wasn't. We so could have. It wasn't the partnership that you'd hope for. Is that what it was? With yeah. The other, yeah. yeah. We worked really well together. We were basically running it, and it just wasn't our own brand, which is what we wanted. So when we decided to make the leap and make it our own brand, it was like that was. Easy. We,
3: yeah. And I think that you and I knew, like, our, our original goal was something called the fittest version of you, mm-hmm. FVU. And we knew that we wanted to collaborate Joanna's Pilates with my nutrition and, mm-hmm. and strength training mm-hmm. into a studio that was more holistic. And we just had, at our other studio, we were very disconnected and up. And how we were training, how we were operating business, how we were connecting and communicating with our clients. Mm -hmm. So for us, once we got on like pen and paper of what we want to do, it just made sense. So we had some awkward times of like how we get there, Mm -hmm. but we were so clear on where we were going that it was... Yeah, it was just almost effortless. I hate yeah. to say that because I don't want to jinx anything, but mm-hmm. it well, felt too easy. Yeah, and you don't want to make people think like
2: it's... Like oh, running gosh. a business and opening a business is easy, but when you're with the right people, yes. it does become a little more effortless. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah.
1: So you came up with the name. Was that... Is that a story into itself? I've always wondered where raised the Bar. I mean, it's, you know... It,
2: yeah, it took us a long time. It did. Like, yeah, because we had this FEU, but then we realized... We didn't know if like people F- would know it was a gem. Yeah. And it yeah. sounds like F U a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we <laughs> <were> said <laughs> that I was like,
1: whoa. whoa uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. see. <Gatsy."> yeah. <laughs> I think someone pointed it out to us and we were like, Oh, oh. yeah. We yes, never thought that's about. all I heard
1: was yes. F U. I'm like, did she say or F-U or F U? And I was like, Whoa, wow. That's
3: that's like really blazing a trail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not we were not quite ready for that. Yeah. No, raise the bar. We knew that we wanted letters. We knew that we wanted it to be something simple, but we definitely went back and forth between what it was. We weren't, we just weren't quite there yet. Mm -hmm. So well, and Kara's very much,
2: she knows what she likes and sometimes she'll know like, Oh, I don't like this. I don't really know why I don't, but I don't. And then once she sees the thing that she likes, it's like, that's it. And I feel like that's what, raise the bar was like you thought of it you sent it to me and we were both like yeah that's yeah. it
3: Well, and joanna's so easygoing that she's like yeah for <laughs> sure but once i'm once i've decided like that yeah. is the rule so yeah so early beginnings you find a space mm-hmm.
1: and did you know at that point like i love the way you two already like it's only been three years that you've mm-hmm. had raise the bar right mm-hmm. but you already know all each other's characteristics mm-hmm. have you is that just the way you guys are have you done some team training and building or that's pretty awesome that early in your entrepreneurial journey to know these traits about each other. So,
2: Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we haven't done any like leadership training or nothing like that. I, I feel like we just are so blessed that we do compliment each other really well. Like Kara is really great at the social media, which is great because I am terrible at it. Like I barely run my own page. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be on top of it, but it's just like the last thing. So she does a great job with that. And then I of course do like the books and the membership stuff. So I'm kind of the like books and numbers person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm, the, I'm the front end. Joanne is the back. Kind of. Yeah. And yeah. Kara's like the creative genius. You're like
3: pumping my tires. You really
2: are though. I am not good with that stuff. Like people come in and they're like, it's so beautiful. And I'm like, that was
3: Kara. Well, I feel like a business relationship is no different than a marriage. You get partnered with someone who compliments you and Mm -hmm. everyone has strengths and weaknesses in their partnerships, but you work with those. Like if, if I told Joanna, she was going to do our, do our social media yet. She hated every minute of it Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't work. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. organically we just settled into roles that were our strengths Mm and, and, that's where we struggled in our other partnership. We never we never really jived into those mm-hmm. roles where with Raise the Bar, we just have found it and we've made that work. And the communication, like at
2: our old partnership, we didn't really communicate well. Yeah. Whereas Kara and I, Kara likes to know details. So I'm I do all the number stuff. So a lot of times she doesn't know what's going on. So she was feeling a little out of the loop. And so as her partner, I said, well, what can I do? to help you feel in the loop. Yeah. So we started doing where I send her these weekly updates. So that helps ease her. I Like she needs to know and be in the know, but she doesn't need to have her hands in all the time. So I feel like communication and being open to listening to your partner if there is something yeah. that they're struggling with and you're like, okay, well, what can I do to to fix that? Absolutely. And we do that really well. We do, yeah.
1: Boy, it's just like, I'm sitting here in awe because usually like partnerships and sometimes, and I don't want to be too many broad strokes with the brush here, but women being in partnerships, emotions can get in the way and feelings can get hurt. And it's just, you guys have found out what each other's superpowers are, strengths and weaknesses. Seems like there's a great communication, which is number one on my list with anything and, and b like a huge level of respect for each other's capabilities. For Definitely.
3: Sure. Yeah. Well, and we, Discovered in the last few months because we struggled the most we ever have Mm -hmm. with our relationship that if you don't have mutual respect, those conversations are never going to go well. Mm-hmm. So we didn't always agree. Like I said, in the last couple months, mm-hmm. we didn't agree on how we were moving forward, but we heard each other and we value each other. Wow. And that's what allowed us to stay in this partnership and truthfully stronger. Mm-hmm. So it, it hasn't been easy, but I, I do think it's worth it. And Joanna's so great at, at letting me be me, but then giving me the tools to maybe be a little bit more objective or think of it in a different way Mm -hmm. and not make me feel like she's attacking me or that I'm wrong. She just lays it out in a way that makes me feel like, oh yeah, I never really thought about it from that lens. And that, that just makes everything so much easier. Mm -hmm. Okay. So three-year partnership Like not even
1: because, so were you even a year and a half in then? We were, well, a year year and two months. Oh my (laughs) goodness. So a year and two months and
2: all of a sudden take us back to March 15th. Yeah. 2020. It was crazy because we already were struggling a little bit with, other gyms were closing their doors ahead of time. So they were kind of taking that leap and saying, oh, this is what we think is right to do. It hadn't been mandated yet. And so we started to question, okay, well, what do we do? Are are we, are we going to look bad if we don't close our doors? And then the day they mandated it that morning, Kara and I texted each other and we were both, we both had a terrible sleep. And we felt this kind of guilt of like, what if something does happen because we kept our doors open? So we actually made the decision that morning we were going to announce that we were going to close for the two weeks. And then literally two hours later, the government mandated it. So it kind of worked out in that way. But- You said close for two weeks. Isn't that funny?
3: (laughs) It is funny. Isn't that insane? Like Like, I remember everyone's posts. Everyone was like, see you in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's why we did so well because Joanna and I knew it wasn't going to be two weeks. We got together and we're like, "Let's, let's- hope for the best, but plan for the worst. Mm -hmm. And we got on the ball really quick with a plan. Yeah. Like that day we, we met that day.
2: We sent out the email said classes that evening were canceled we met that afternoon. We planned that we were going to give out, we were giving out equipment that Sunday, any small equipment. So we gave out kettlebells, dumbbells, anything that was kind of portable. And then we rented out the bigger stuff and we did a lottery for anything where there was more than we had available interested. So like the rowers, I think we had eight people interested, but we only had five. So we did a little lottery and we rented out any of the big stuff. So people came and picked them up on Sunday. And then Monday we started virtual so it was very, very quick. Like we were that rest of the week, they had no classes. And then the next week it was go time. And we wanted to give out equipment. Like obviously it was minimal what we could give out, but we just wanted to be able to do more than body weight. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So genius that you did that. And so generous for so many people because at that point, you know, we didn't know how long we were going to be locked down and then all the shortages that resulted after that. But anyway, I digress. So you get on and you start doing the virtual and I'm one of those people following along and loving it. Amazing.
3: Yeah. Our, our clients really did love it. We jumped on board to setting out the programming ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So clients could be prepared. They had the equipment that they needed and we're lucky in the fact that we have a pretty good presence with our clients and an online presence was something that was just natural for us. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, we jumped online. We had never done it before. I, I, and like so nervous in front of the camera. So Joanna had to like talk me into it, but we, we did it. And yeah, it was a hit Um, uh, 90% of our clients jumped on board. So we couldn't have asked for a better turnout.
1: Do you know what? I love too. And I reflect back and I I don't think I've ever told you guys this. I might have with you, Joanna, but Kara, when you guys started the first week, like who knew that Instagram kicks you off after a half an hour and all of a sudden we're in the middle of some kind of set and then you guys disappear. Yeah, And I was like, Oh God, what just happened? I'm like, I'm in the middle of this awesome workout. And then you guys come back again. You're like, we're back. (laughs) And who knew that Instagram kicks you off. But what I loved about that was the energy you brought. You navigated so many unknowns and you didn't care. It's like, okay, we didn't know this, but we're figuring it out with the rest of you. And it was so raw and organic and
3: real. And the bottom line is you just kept showing up for your people. 100%. There was a lot of real human moments and... Joanna and I were pretty open about the fact that we did not know what we were doing a lot of the time. So please bear with us. Yeah. Our Sunday emails were what we've learned, what's going to change moving forward. And that communication piece, I feel like was so important to our clients because mm-hmm. they would give us feedback. We'd ask for feedback and then we'd hear them and, and a lot of times implement it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a huge part of what we're doing. So we're, we're listening and we're applying the feedback.
0: hmm
1: So that first closure, like help me now, because it's been open and closed so many times. How long did that one last?
2: So that was uh, March till the summer. The summer. I think we opened
3: back up. Yeah. In June. Yeah. It was either end of April. It was a while. No, it was, it was June because I remember thinking we've been closed this long and now we're going to open right before our summer. Which is like our slowest time. Right. So it was literally the worst timing, but. I mean, we can't complain. We're excited to be open. So yeah. Okay. So during that
1: time, was there ever moments that started to creep in like, oh my God, this is our business. The bills are piling up. What do we do? When is
3: this going to come to an end? Like, tell me what you're going through that first time around. So for me, I was doing good. I feel Mm -hmm. like I was I was just in a good headspace where I got to be creative. We were doing partner workouts online. We were giving back to our community. We were raising monies and giving it back to businesses that might have been struggling. So I felt really good in the Mm -hmm. fact that like our business wasn't struggling quite yet financially. I was doing okay mentally and we were having impact. Mm -hmm. So for me, that three months kind of flew by. And I actually did like the virtual option because it was like you check on five minutes before class, you're present for the 45, and then you get to check (laughs) off and leave. Like, because sometimes we spend a lot of times chatting with clients around the studios, which I love, but your 45-hour class ends up being an hour and a half because you're managing all the different bodies. For sure. So it was cool in the fact that we had more time to do other things outside of our business, but then we got to be creative within our business. I agree. Like the first one, actually, I felt
2: super positive. Our clients were like really on board. So that helped. And we didn't lose. I don't think at that point we really lost any members. Like most people were gung ho with the doing the virtual and any who weren't, they were in a position where they wanted to still support us. So we had a few clients who never did a virtual class, but kept paying their membership just because they wanted to support us, which is amazing. Incredible. Mm -hmm.
1: Incredible. Okay. So you're
3: zooming along. June rolls around, what happens? So June, we're open again, but Mm -hmm. with restrictions. Mm -hmm. So uh, we created these lovely condo boxes at the studio, which were a hit. Yeah. I feel like everyone really loved to have their own space that was theirs. So, so what did that look like when you say condo box? What, did you put like tape on yeah. the floor or what? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we put tape down. We had to have a certain distance. AHS had said that we need to be certain distance away. So yeah. we measured everything out. Our capacities went from like 10 people in a class, 10 or 12 to six. six. Yeah. So that was a good, like there's still a decent amount of mm-hmm. clients. Uh, we're small based community focused studio. So it allowed us to be able to interact with clients while keeping them safe. Mm -hmm. So that was all good. Mm -hmm. Pilates didn't change a bunch for you upstairs. No, we were pretty lucky like
2: for most, there was only a few times, but it was considered low intensity. So a lot of times we got to
3: sneak by. It's true.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: And I think all around people were excited to be back as much as we were moving into the summer and numbers just naturally drop mm-hmm. clients weren't going anywhere That's because right. of restrictions right so we we did okay during the summer mm-hmm. and then september rolled around and i feel like we were normal think, yeah
2: september yeah. i think was still pretty good in that that summer was was when we got that big epcor bill yes so we realized i was teaching class one night i'm upstairs and the power goes out and of course all the clients are like did you pay your power bill? Ha ha. (laughs) So I call Epcor and they're like, no, there's no outage in your area. It must be your, your building, but all of our neighbors still have power. So I'm like, clearly it's our bay. So I tell our landlord, he needs to send an electrician. So the electrician comes and we're standing at the back of the breaker box. And I'm looking at the breaker box and we're unit 104 Mm -hmm. and our breaker box has a label that says unit 103. And when we had first signed our lease. They had actually put unit 103 on our lease and we actually ordered stationery for unit 103. Oh my gosh. And then they realized they messed up and they're like, oh, actually you're unit 104. So what happened is they had mixed up the connection. So they had attached our power to unit 103, which is an empty bay. And they had attached 103 to ours. And I do remember when we moved in, we got our first Epcor bill and I said to Kara and my husband, I'm like, this is really low. Like, it, set,
3: it seemed really cheap. Well, I feel like it's still, like, say, $350. So it's not super it was cheap. Like, it, yeah. But it wasn't, like, five or six, which we were expecting. Right. Yeah. Right? So
2: I was like, okay. I mean, no one's calling up Coran being like, I don't think you're charging me enough. Yeah. yeah. So I just assumed that maybe, I don't know, the bay had better insulation or <laughs> I don't know. We justified it. Yeah. So anyway, turns out they had hooked it up wrong. So we were actually paying for an empty bay. So... That was about a year and a half in was when they realized it into our, uh, lease. Into our lease. Yeah. And so turn, they do an investigation. So Fortis comes out, they do an investigation and then they bill you for what you've used. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, they can only go back a year. Uh-huh. So we only had to pay for a year, but it was a $4,500 bill. Okay. Yeah. So we're in the middle of a pandemic and we get this bill and, and I mean, they give you payment options, but that's about it. They don't care. You use the power, you have to pay it. So we got stuck with this bill, start making payments on that. So I feel like that's maybe when we started to be like,
3: huh. (laughs) And I think, yeah, so that was in September. Is that right? That was when we got the bill. Yeah. And that's when like September for us is the busiest time. Like people think January is the busy time for fitness. But when kids go back to school, that's the busy time for us. But a lot of kids didn't go back to school. That's right. So we get stuck with this bill. We're waiting for this influx. It doesn't come. And then as the time goes on, COVID numbers start to rise again, and then more restrictions start to come into place. So fast forward to December, December. we get shut down again. Mm -hmm. We know that we're going into the cold, the Mm -hmm. dreary. Um, I suffer with a little bit of seasonal depression. Um, So we're moving into some murky waters, and yeah, we're shut down. We have to do virtual again. Yeah. Yeah. We rent out equipment or we we give out equipment again. We're all good there. But motivation of clients is mm-hmm. really declining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that was when we started to kind of lose a few people. Yeah. And even... I just
2: want to touch on, because in your, your beginning there, you said how a lot of times it didn't really make sense. And this is where the rules did start to not make sense to me. Cause there were times where I was like, I can see where they're going with this. I understand. But in December, what they did initially, they said we could do, that was when they said we could do low intensity with masks first. That was, I think, November November. yeah Then they said, okay, you can do only low intensity and non-instructed. Right. So for our gym, our gym was always kind of weird because we're a small boutique studio. So I get it. They're they're talking about these big box gyms, but they're saying that people can come in and they can work as long as they're spaced out, as long as it's not an instructed class. Well, my reformer class is only five people. Yeah. So I was allowed to do under the rules, open reformer. So I could have five people come in and do their own thing on the reformer, but I was not allowed to teach them. And that's where I was like, oh, this does, this is stupid. Like this doesn't make sense. And I feel like it's important for people to know that because I think a lot of times when gym owners were upset, some of the comments, like we had a lot of support, but I also saw comments of people being like, well, maybe it is unsafe. So why are you guys complaining? And I'm like, well, this is why we're complaining
3: because the rules like this. And I mean, we had followed everything that they had asked us to do. We had HS into our studio and Mm -hmm. we, we were safe. There was nothing that we were not doing. We were following all the guidelines, Mm -hmm. yet we still got penalized for, I'm not sure if it was places that weren't following the rules or the government just realized like, hey, this doesn't make sense. Let's try something new. Let's change it up. But it, it, it wasn't applicable yeah. to yeah. every avenue of fitness. Well, and that was also when for personal training,
2: uh, once they shut down close to the end of December, they changed it so that I we couldn't do one-on-one training in the studio. So I couldn't bring you into my 2,000-square-foot mm-hmm. facility, but I could come to your home. Right. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So I made the joke or someone I know made the joke. They were like, oh, there must have been a politician that had a trainer. So they
3: were like, well, let's just throw this uh-huh. rule in. <laughs> but, and that, that's the sad kind part. of what it felt like. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what it felt like. And even like the, the restaurant industry were frustrated, oh, too, God. because the rules just did not make sense yeah. to those businesses. Mm-hmm. It just didn't seem fair.
0: Have you ever thought I'd love to have a podcast just like this one?
1: Well, and I get like, and that's where I looked at it from the outside too. And I'm like, there's gotta be some ways that we can make this work. Cut the number of people in half, offer more. Like what are options here? But mm-hmm. they, they just closed it down. And so what I don't get is how people could go to, like I said, whether it's Costco or grocery shopping and you're surrounded by all these strangers. Oh, but you have a mask on. I know food is essential, I get it. But how is it that we're not going to pick up something in a giant, you know, box store, but yet we can't go and do something that serves
3: our immunity? Mm-hmm. Well, and here you're uh-huh. te- you're telling the population that it is more beneficial or a better choice for them to go support these large box stores, Costco's, Walmart's, et cetera. You want them to support local businesses. Mm-hmm. They're preaching it, but they're not allowing it to even happen. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's it just mixed messaging. And it's, yeah, it didn't make sense. Like if you're going to close businesses, close the Walmart's, yeah. close the Costco's or limit it to essential services. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not Tim Hortons gets to stay open and we
1: have to close. I agree, Karen. I know there may be some people listening to this going, You're off base. And if that's your opinion, then that's that's fine. You do you. But this is like I obviously we feel passionately about it. I did too. And there are always ways. If people don't feel safe, then remove yourself from it. And you do at least have the option to do it virtually. I mean, that's mm-hmm. where the Pelotons and whatever mm-hmm. came in and, and boomed during that time. But for those of us that still wanted to exercise, yeah there's, there had to be better ways, but I think the government was just so freaking overwhelmed that Mm -hmm. they just did a blanket. You're all shut down unless you're an essential service. So through that, how's the stress level? How are you managing? We're into December now, almost a year ago.
2: It's probably starting to rise. Mm -hmm. I feel like at that point, yeah, we were starting to, our mental health was starting to deteriorate the constant like changing of rules. Like you just had to be on top of everything. And, and I mean, clients are desperate to know what's going on too. So we fully understand that. But at the same time, they would announce something at four and we'd be getting texts at like four fifteen. Like, what are you guys going to yeah. do? And we're like, we just need a minute. (laughs) Yeah, Like we need it. We haven't even got to talk to
3: each other yet. So we don't know yet. And we were still coach. We were still in the middle of classes when this information would come through because it would be in the middle of the day. And we, yeah, we wouldn't even know what the restrictions were or what the new information was telling us. And how are you paying the bills at
2: that time? Was it okay? At that point we were still like breaking even. So we were doing okay. The first year we, we, made it through. We were able to pay. like We paid our rent. Um, we had a few months where they deferred and we would pay half, but we paid it back.
3: Yeah. Um, and when we made choices, like we didn't pay ourselves, we decided that it was more important to pay our instructors because a lot of them, it's their sole income. Mm-hmm. So we didn't pay ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're still not paying ourselves and we have lovely husbands that help, mm-hmm. help us. But yeah, we made decisions early on that we were going to protect and keep our business afloat first. Mm-hmm. And we would worry about what that meant for us later.
2: Yeah. But I would say every closure was when we started to lose people. Yeah. Especially there's people that only really do reformer. Like yeah. like some of them, most people I would say do both, but for the people that only do reformer, when we were closed, like you can't do virtual reformer. We added Matt and we tried to get creative and they did pretty good. We did like a, an equipment mat class Mm -hmm. and you can mimic some of the reformer movements with this equipment so i mean we we tried to be as creative as we could but there were some people they just want reformer so you started to lose a few members here and there and for a small boutique gym like our membership fees are anywhere from 144 to Mm -hmm. 200 so i mean losing even just five members is a thousand dollars it's huge yeah it's huge Mm
1: -hmm. when's the weight and the stress of this really getting heavy and how's it impacting you and your mental health
3: so December for me, like I mentioned, I always go through a little bit of seasonal depression. I'm not a Christmas person. We get shut down. And that was the first time I had said to my husband, I don't think I can do this anymore. Um, I just, I, I wasn't feeling like myself. And I just, I, I really struggled carrying the weight of what happens if people get covid in our studio. And yeah, we were closed, but when we opened, like, I wasn't sure I was comfortable with that. So I started in December questioning whether or not Raise the Bar was something that I wanted to continue on. And he was like, nope you're strong enough. You got this. You can do this. I'm like, okay, yes. Pull up my panties. Like I can yeah. do this. <laughs> like, this is why we're, well, this is why I have Joanna. This is why we have a strong community. We need to rely, rely on each other. Did you ever tell Joanna at that point that you were second guessing? I don't think I did tell her. Not quite that early. No, no. We had that conversation a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. So then moving into the new year, we're still closed January, February and March So it's starting to get old. I found for me, like I, I feel purpose and and passion and connection with people in when I'm with them. I don't do it and I don't feel it through a screen. That's not why I'm a personal trainer. It just, I could feel myself losing myself through the virtual game and the virtual classes. And I, I could just feel myself withdrawing. I didn't enjoy showing up for, for the community. I was there for that 45 minutes that they needed me, but I wasn't all there. I wasn't myself. I wasn't fully present. So we get to open again in April. So yeah. Something board, like right? that. Yeah. With outdoor fitness. Yeah. Outdoor, right. In April, <laughs> yeah. in Edmonton. In Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. So it was only about zero degrees, yeah. but we're having to give it like 11 out of 10, like, we're trying to motivate people. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I'll do what it takes. Like, we've we've already done this for a, over a year. Mm-hmm. We can do this. But we slowly started to see the attendance falling off again, because people don't want to do outdoor fitness, yeah, that's hard. Mm-hmm. right? So, they don't want to do virtual. Well, they don't want to do outdoor. So, it's like, okay, we don't know where to go from here, because it feels like we're like our hands are tied, Mm -hmm. you know, Joanna was really creative and got like her reformers outside and was really motivating for her clients. But I just found my clients maybe were picking up on my energy. energy. Yeah. So I, my business, my personal training business was starting to slide as well. Mm -hmm. And then we move into the summer. Mm -hmm. We're into June where we're able to open again. And that's where my mental health definitely started to to take a turn. We Kenny releases that we're opening for summer. Joanna and I are like, ugh, like we're excited to open our studio, but Not only are we fearful that we're going to get closed down again, but we're, yeah, we're struggling with our mental health. So we're opening, we're not feeling like ourselves and we have lost members. So we're trying to pick up the pieces. So I had gone on a girl's trip at the end of June. My girls from high school or junior high, we've been friends for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I came back really low, really, I didn't know how I felt. I felt disconnected. I felt sad. I talked to my husband about it. I couldn't really put into words what I was going through. And I've talked about this before, but my husband is like a black or white person. Like, are Mm -hmm. you sad? Are you angry? Are you happy? Like, he wants to fix it. Right. So when I'm like, I don't don't know, I just don't feel like myself, he got frustrated because he's like, I don't know how to help you. I talked to you about it then. That was when I'm like, mm -hmm. Joe, like, this is really this is really challenging. I I just, I, I don't think I said, I don't want to do the studio then. I don't think I had processed that. Yeah. But I was starting to let you know that like, I'm really struggling personally. Yeah. And we, and
2: that was coming up on the end of our lease. So it was like, okay, well we need to start negotiating. So we were sort of starting to talk about that Yeah. and about reaching out to them and, and, and starting that conversation. So then I think that's where maybe you started to realize, I don't know if this is for me and and I have
3: a chance to be out.
2: Yeah. Like it wasn't like we were in the middle of a lease anymore. So you had at the end of December, you could decide.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you were, you weren't doing the best with your mental health, but through the whole process, Joanna was the, person that kept it together. She's she's kind of even energy where I am up and down. Mm-hmm. I have high highs and low lows. So she was always that person that could regulate things and just maybe put it in perspective. Like, it's all good. Like, we'll get through this. And I think even you were struggling with being able to do that. You said that
2: It was Robert. weird. The summer was weird because I feel like I feel like this is common, but we spent so much time trying to survive and get through. And then all of a sudden it's open for summer. And th- and at that point, I think everyone was sort of, okay, people are getting vaccinated. So this should be it. This yeah. should be it. Yeah, And it that was almost more when we fell apart too, because I feel like we could then finally. So it's like everything kind of came crashing down because all of a sudden all this energy and all this pent up that you've just been pushing to the side for the last year and a half kind of all hits you at the same time. So for me, yeah, it was it was when we opened in the summer and we we had the worst summer for like attendance and sales that we've ever had. Yeah. So we lost money over the summer for sure, both months. And uh, so, yeah, it just,
3: and I was really struggling. And then we got stuck with another bill. Then. And then, yeah, we got stuck with another bill. I forgot about that. Yeah.
2: yeah so we ended up getting our, my landlord texts me and he's like, do you have time for a phone call? And I'm like, oh, that's never good. Yeah, <laughs> That makes me nervous. So I give him a call and he's like, I just wanted to talk to you because I don't want you to panic. And think that you have to pay it right away, but we're going to be sending you a bill for your op costs. And I'm like, okay. And, and we knew it's in our lease that says like at the end of the year, they estimate the op costs. And if you don't pay enough, they, they square it up and you pay extra. Or, you know, if you're really lucky, you've paid too much and they give you money back. Mm -hmm. So he says that we haven't paid enough for both years. And so my question was, well, why didn't you bill me for 2019 last year? Yeah. And his answer was, well, You know, with COVID, we felt bad doing that. And I'm like, well, it's still COVID. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, I would have preferred it because now I'm blindsided with this bill that I didn't even know was coming. So he sends it over and it's $5,700. Oh my
1: gosh.
2: And I mean, they were like, oh, you don't have to pay it right away. And I'm like, well, that's great. But that doesn't really help me because the reality is, is, We literally just had the worst summer we've ever had. We lost a ton of money just having our doors open for those two months. And now you're telling me I need to somehow come up with $6,000 that I don't have. So that was, yeah, I think, I feel like that was maybe that was when you told me, I feel like we sat down and you were like, we're not making money. We're not paying ourselves. We have this bill at that point in this year. So we paid our full rent in 2020. And in 2021, there was two months where we only paid half. So they wanted the 6,000 back for the half that we paid and they wanted the op costs. So Kara and I sat down and she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yep. She's like, we're losing money. This isn't fun. They want to charge us $12,000. She's like, I'm so done. Yeah. How did you react to that? At first, I struggled with it and I struggle with voicing my opinion. I tend to be a little more swayed and I agreed my brain, my math brain, my accounting brain agreed. I said to Kara, I'm like, you're right. This is, this is ridiculous. This is crazy at this point. If this is what they're asking of us, like we don't have it. So yeah, I think you're right. And I think deep down and maybe at first I maybe didn't admit this, but my heart was like, but I don't want to. Like it was like, I was saying the, yeah, you're right out loud, but the, I don't want to was internal. Uh, so I struggled with that for probably a few months before I finally did tell Kara, I'm like, but I don't want to close, but it took me a long time to admit it. And to come to terms with some of my emotions around it. I went to a massage therapist and she does energy work. If you're into that stuff, it's, uh, you have to be kind of open to it, but I went and she helped me realize one of the emotions I wasn't, really ready to admit because I felt so shameful about it is I was actually really angry. Mm. I was angry at Kara because I felt like she was abandoning me and I felt like she was giving up on RTB, but there was so much shame around that emotion because she was struggling. And I'm like, who am I to be angry at her when she's struggling and she's telling me this is what she needs. So I felt a ton of like mixed emotions around that. But when I finally said it out loud, it was like, I finally let it go. And then I could sit down with Kara and say, I don't want to close. And I understand if you want to, and if you want to, I'm, I may try to do this on my own. I don't think I said it quite as nice though, because we were kind of disagreeing when I said were
1: that.
3: you, like, was yeah. it heated? Were there tears? What was that whole oh conversation gosh. like? Yeah. So, I mean, the conversation started because, um, so we're we're trying to, we get this bill. We have to renegotiate our lease because our lease is up th- December of 2021. Then we get stuck with the vaccine mandate. So if we want to keep our doors open, essentially like today, yeah. we have to, we have to mandate vaccines. Right. Right. So, and something that a lot of our clients didn't know is at this point, my husband wasn't vaccinated. So I had to make a decision that didn't include my husband. So this conversation is heated, not only because Joanna is mad that perhaps I want to close the studio, but I'm I have to decide between the studio and my husband. And that's a position I never thought I would be in Mm because he is one of our biggest supporters. He's Mm -hmm. my, he's our cheerleader. For sure. So it came across so emotional. And I think we just started to kind of like say things. Mm -hmm. Joanna saying that I want to do it without you came across as like, I don't want to do it with you. Yeah. Yeah, But that's not what it was. And me saying, well, then I'm done. I'm not choosing the studio over my husband basically sounded like I was abandoning Joanna. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't it at all. So this conversation, yeah, it started off really terrible. And I I posted on social media that Joanna and I had our first real argument as as a couple or as a business Business owner. Yeah. Yeah. I said, and that's where I talked about the mutual respect, but we were always able to maintain that mutual respect. And we got through that because of that. Mm -hmm. So at the end of that conversation, we realized we don't really have an option. We have to mandate vaccines and we're not anti-vaccines. We're both vaccinated. Todd was no longer going to be allowed in the studio. And that was just the decision that we had to make. Kara, I know this is
1: personal information, but I know anybody who's listening is going to wonder. The why behind your husband's
3: decision. So I'll start by saying he is vaccinated now. Okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, okay. You know what? He was just a little bit hesitant. Uh, he wanted to see if the Johnson and Johnson vaccine would come out. My husband is a little bit stubborn. Like he just, if he has his thought or an opinion, like nobody's swaying him. And and I truthfully love that about him. But in this case, I was like, okay, like. If you decide that you're not going to get vaccinated, then you need to stay in your lane and you need to stick with the restrictions that and I and I feel that way about everybody that chooses not to get vaccinated. I'm pro-choice. I I believe you need to do what's best for your health. But in doing that, there are repercussions. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I respected his. I didn't want him not to be able to come to the studio, but he had his reasons, and I respect him for those. And then the we made this decision on the Friday, the Monday he went and got vaccinated. So he, they did it for the fence sitters. and I think he was one of those. Mm-hmm. and i'm I'm glad that I'm glad that we made that choice because it was the right choice for us, and it pushed him to make the right choice for for our family mm-hmm. So. So during that low,
1: like how hard was it to claw your way out of that hole? And was it was it how tough was it on you?
3: It was it yeah, it was really hard. September Joanna and I were talking about our our lease and I thought that I was at my rock bottom because there was just so many emotions and feelings and You and I were not really getting along the best. It wasn't that we were having conflict. I just feel like we weren't seeing eye to eye on things. So there was like this rockiness that was there, but wasn't really talked about or never really came to a head.
2: Well, and that's never happened. No, we've never in, we've never disagreed. Like when we say that's our first argument, that is legit. Our first argument was, did you recognize how low she was? No. I, in hindsight, I wish, and we talked about this on our last podcast, I I wish I had known. I wish I had read the signs a little better. I thought her not wanting to do RTB, I felt like I was supporting her and saying, I understand. And if that's what you need to do, I'm going to support you in that. When now in hindsight, I feel like I should have said, you have put so much time and energy into RTB. It's always been your passion. Something is something wrong. Like what's making you feel like you don't want to do this anymore? So I definitely regret that. But I now think there's uh, some people reached out to us after we recorded our last podcast and they sent some courses that you can take for helping people through mental health. And I think I'm going to do it because- I think it's so important to be able to recognize those signs. And I feel like I misread them. And I don't know that even if I had done this course that I would have read them any differently. Maybe I wouldn't
3: have. I don't know. Maybe I was too much in my own head to see it. But in all fairness, like I didn't even recognize them in myself. Okay. I I knew I, I was coming to this. I don't think I want to do this anymore. I don't think I want to do the studio anymore. It came out later that I had a suicidal moment. And... I think I was trying to tell them that I was struggling without telling them that I was struggling. Mm -hmm. So Joanna can say that I I wish I would have said, but you you really don't know what that person is going through or thinking unless they tell you. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful that I didn't choose on that day to, to end my life. But I also know now that when I need something from people, I need to tell them exactly what I need. I, I can't beat around the bush and hope that they'll ask those hard questions. I need to say like, hey, here's where I'm at yeah. and here's how I need you to support me. And I mean, if Joanna takes that course or other people take that course, maybe she'll recognize struggle and be able to ask those questions. But I also need to do my part and, and tell the people in my life it just how bad it's gotten. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just really hard because I felt like... like Joanna mentioned that she was angry at me while well, I was angry at myself. I feel like I was quitting something that meant so much to me and the clients. But I also knew I needed to take care of my mental health and myself. Yeah. So what was more important? Mm-hmm. And every time I said to them, I think I don't want to do this anymore... They kept coming back to me with, yes, you do, or I'm going to do it without you instead of like, is everything okay? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But I mean, we could talk about this forever, but But how do you know?
1: And that's why I wanted to shine a light on this aspect of the conversation because there's lots of learning in it, mm-hmm. and I think that is the most challenging aspect of dealing with mental health issues: is a recognizing it, and b even more importantly, is knowing what to say to someone mm-hmm. when you can tell they're struggling. It's like how what do you say? How do you approach it? Or do you just come out and just say, "Are you okay?" Yeah, and that's usually how I will approach it, but. The, what I love too about this story is, first of all, the vulnerability with which you are sharing and wanting to talk about this is so powerful. The why behind that, do you want to dig into that? Why Why did you agree to come and share this story and on your own podcast?
3: Well, I feel like social media does us a disservice of highlighting the glamorous parts of our lives and as business owners, we didn't want to share with our clients all the times when we are struggling because our platform is community and it's positivity. So for me to tell them that I'm struggling with my mental health and I'm pretty honest about how I'm feeling, but not to that degree. Yeah. So for me, it was really important to say, you know what, it's okay to not be okay. And I think that my, my purpose in life is to be both the best version of myself, but also the authentic version of myself through the ups and downs. And Joanne and I came off a real high high of the studio and everything that was amazing about our business. And I'm back there now, but I also went through the hardest time of my life. And I don't think it's fair to show people that that's not a part of life as Mm -hmm. well. So
1: powerful, Mm -hmm. so, so powerful. So you go through that, And now, like, there are big changes on the horizon and an exciting horizon.
2: Did I characterize that properly? Very exciting. Yeah. It's funny because, yeah, you hear this and it's it wasn't what we expected would happen. I think our space that we're in now, we 100% thought would be our forever home. But we did not end up being able to renegotiate our lease, so we actually started searching for new space, and we found a space right across the street. So a nice easy move. <laughs> I keep telling the clients we're just going to make an assembly line and just like hand things down.
1: <laughs> it's not a bad idea, <laughs> right? Be a good workout, right? Just Especially watch out when you're for traffic. A lot of a lot of plates. Yes. And
2: I know. I keep telling people I'm like, moving. A gym is the worst. Everything is heavy. Yeah. One of our clients, even her wife, a wife offered to help us move, and the husband was like why? Ooh. It's a gym. Everything is heavy. And then he's like, just kidding. I will help you. But yes, we are moving. Yeah. And it were, I feel like we're both back in a really good headspace. We feel amazing. We're so excited about it. Our clients are excited about it. It's got new opportunities for different classes for us. Yeah. Um, we, can grow. So we can grow. So something that we didn't expect to happen has turned out to be a really amazing opportunity. Kara, where are you at?
3: I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah. Therapy huh, has been amazing. Um, being able to share my story and communicate with the people I love has been really powerful. And I think a lot of times you hold back feeling and saying the things that you just need to say mm-hmm. and do. And once you do that, you rip the Band-Aid off, you realize it's not that scary on the other side. So once I did that, it just seemed like the floodgates opened and we've been influxed with good vibes, positivity, um, new and exciting opportunities. So Mm -hmm. I wish I would have done that sooner. But yeah, I'm feeling like myself again. I'm so excited for 2022 because I think it's going to be our best year yet. I think love so hearing that. And
1: I agree with the two of you. You have so much to look forward to. I love your space. I love working out with you. I haven't had the chance with you yet, Kara, but um, uh, your Pilates classes have changed and impacted my life. And I love what you're putting out to the community. You are community. Yes, Raise the bar is amazing community. So uh, thank you for stepping into the circle the way that you have to share your story for those people looking to find you. First of all, the name of your podcast and where they can find you on social media, website and beyond.
2: Okay. For some reason, we always screw this up on our own. We always laugh when we do it. I am on Instagram at raise the bar underscore Joanna. Mm -hmm. I am also on TikTok. I know I'm maybe a little too old for it, but I love making funny videos. So if you're looking for funny videos, come and follow me. Uh, I do need to get back on it. It's been a while. And then raise the bar
3: is at raise the bar underscore SP. Yep. And, and I'm, I'm at uh, raise the bar underscore Kara. And our podcast is the Bars and Bellas podcast. <laughs> if you guys uh, watch Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect you'll, you'll know that one. Yeah. Um, we've just finished our second season and yeah. And your website. Oh, yeah, www.raisethebarsp.ca. And you are located
1: in Sherwood Park. So if you're looking for good classes, friends, go and support them to both of you. Congratulations and good luck in the next chapter of your journey together as powerful female entrepreneurs that are are doing it they're making it happen you're doing that so you're an example to everybody who has struggled and come out the other side so keep doing what you're doing congratulations to both of you and thanks again
2: thank you so much thank you carrie
1: I want to end today by extending my gratitude to you for listening. You know, time is our most precious commodity. We don't have enough of it most days. So I am so grateful that you shared some of your precious time with me. Thank you so much. For show notes and links to our guests and everything we talked about today, you can head to my website, carrydoll.co That is C-A-R-R-I-E-D-O-L-L dot C-O. Once you're there, you can find links to Instagram and Facebook. You can sign up for my newsletters and get information on my public speaking courses. I want to empower women and people everywhere to use their voice, to invest in themselves and to be comfortable anytime, anywhere, giving a powerful, unforgettable speech come with me join the movement of the inner circle let's go on this journey together
0: produced and distributed by the sound off media company i'm matt Kundle, host of the sound off podcast the show about podcast and broadcast